He likes fishing with him. He likes watching the water beat up on him like a duck's belly. <laughs> so that doesn't happen to you? So that does that ever happen to anybody out there? If that's happened to you, call this number. <laughs> 911. This is the number you call. Welcome back to your Hatch and Bar, a place for your paranormal, supernatural, extraterrestrial, and sometimes true crime content. Today, I have with me, as always, Kodiak Stacy. Yeah, buddy. And I want to believe Brian McCree. Still Brian McCree. Still B-R-E. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how I spell it, but all right. <laughs> and as always, your host, Shane Markle. I'm, I'm here today, just uh, actually... Visiting Mississippi, at least in my mind. Have you guys ever been? I've driven through. I would. I choose not to stop there. No. Well, I want to point out it's just the three guys today. Yes. Summer is off. Uh, she's been gone a couple weeks, defending her gold medal at the Canusa Games in hide and seek. Yep. Hey, I think it's going well. We're still looking. So yeah, people are still looking for. Her. Yeah. We think she's in a Chinese balloon. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> think she's gonna win. Back to back. So no summer dawn this week. That's okay. That's okay. The show's better without her, right? <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> Trying to get him in trouble, man. <laughs> She's listening right now. She's got her ears to the vent as we speak. Bluetooth on. So today we're going to Pasagula, Mississippi. Ooh. Yeah. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. I crick a letter, crick a letter, I. Crick a letter, crick a letter, I. Humpback, humpback, I. I can't believe you guys didn't know that. Damn it. Well, now that we've really, really nailed down how to spell Mississippi, <laughs> what you are know, we doing there? I spent a lot of time in the Mississippi mud growing up. I have family out there, um, right around this area, right around Biloxi. Hmm. Nice. Makes it, sense. It's hot. Mississippi mud is just another name for shit. Oh. And in, there's in bugs the, everywhere. That I do know about the South. Yeah. Is yeah. it just the South in general? Is Mississippi got a bunch of bugs? I don't know. A lot of racists. Yeah. Well, is that what you meant by bugs? As racist? I just know my uncles. Okay. <laughs> it's fair. Mine too. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very hot and humid down there. I can't deal. I can't do it. I don't like it. It's a different kind of hot. I can tell you that. It, it's it's like you're walking through a burning moisture. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, it's humid. It's it, humid as fuck. It's it, so bad. It is so hot that I want to hurt someone, so I get it, kind of. No it, else it, is hot? What? Cleveland. <laughs> How hot is it? <laughs> Wait, wrong question? Yeah. Spending time with a man that's 30 years older than you, fishing down by the Pascagoula River. We established that apparently that's normal. No. <laughs> apparently, sometimes you just go down to the river with a man you sort of know, and you guys fish at night. And you both come back. You do. You, you definitely come. So yeah. we're in... <laughs> yeah, someone comes. We're in Jackson County, Mississippi. That's it's, a, uh, no, in Mississippi, everyone comes. Nah, it's I on the side. It's think, on the side. I think it's just the 30-year-older man. <laughs> I think it's mostly about him. Well, we're in Jackson County, Mississippi. It's a it's a it's a town that's basically built around fishing. And in World War II, there was a boom for there was a demand for uh, shipbuilding. We needed some of that. It was a perfect place to do it. And that's where the town evolved into what it is today, with the population of about twenty thousand people in a twenty four square mile area. So it's not a big place, but it's pretty dense. Yeah. And we're in October eleventh, nineteen seventy three. We're two friends, Charles Hickson. 42, and Calvin Parker, 19, mm. were spending their evening catching fish from a broke-down bank at the Pasigula River. So you okay. remember that time when we were 19, and that 42-year-old guy pulled up next to us on the highway and was like, hey, you want to go fishing? Yeah. And we didn't go? I'll yeah. tell you the story usually goes. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay, you said 30 years apart. They're like 20 years apart. That's not... 
Uh, not even. Uh, yeah, it's not 30, but, uh, uh, you know, 20 plus 19 equals 39 plus 3. We'll say 23 years apart, just like you and your father. Wow. Yeah, exactly. I've been fishing with my dad. <laughs> but so, yes, it... I've been by the river with a man 30 year, 23 years old. He was me. your dad. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. As far as young Calvin Parker was concerned, Charles Hickson has been close as family. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Calvin was friends with Charles Hickson's son. Grew up with them. I mean, they're all they all know each other. So it's not as weird as you think. When Hickson's son, who was the older one, the forty-two-year-old, decided to enlist into the Marines, Calvin started spending more time with Charles. Some people would call that grooming. I don't know. Just me? Is nobody else picking up on this? Maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, you see, it's Cal- the '70s. It wasn't grooming back then. It's just called it was a men- normal. Yeah, it's called a mentor back then. Well, Calvin went a little bit more out of life. He's not from Pascoola, where Charles works. Charles works as a foreman on a shipyard. Okay, that tricks. So Charles tells Calvin, "Why don't you take a job with us? Get the money you need, because Calvin has dreams to get married to his fiance, and he's not really, you know, making ends meet where he's at. Mm-hmm. So co- why don't you come stay with me for a little bit, work for like a year or whatever, and you know, make make that money that you need. Maybe fall in love. And exactly, maybe we can make <laughs> these ends meet. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I was stuck on that as soon as you no. said that sentence. <laughs> Sorry, proceed. Uh, speaking of ships, it's called docking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dock that they were at just wasn't working. Okay, so they decided. Charles had this bright idea: let's go further down the river to this bank, to the spot that I know where I have caught, you know, red. Fish. Red, <laughs> it is redfish. It is redfish. <laughs> it's a red fever, actually. <laughs> Where I caught redfish and speckled trout. Nice. <laughs> cool story. <laughs> That's it. And they caught the fish and went home. That's the end of the story. <laughs> well, things were peaceful and pleasant. You're right. So they they got their lines in the water. Everything's going great. It's this Mississippi lines in the water. Dusk that is happening. <laughs> It sounds really romantic. I, that's how I picture it. You're painting a very romantic picture. Picture like na 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 na. Kiss the, the girl. <laughs> the sun's going down. They're sitting next to each other on the bank. Fireflies the around them. Fireflies. And the older man Ooh. tells him like, "I know a really secret spot where no one will see us. Let's go fish there because we're not catching anything on the on the public dock." That, yeah, okay. That's where they. That's where the big fish. Are. Yeah. This is see this. <laughs> And they just got their lines in the water. Right. Well, both their lines are in the water. All right. And Charles, he realizes he needs more bait. So he takes a turn and he's... That means more beer for the kid? Yeah. <laughs> Which one's the adult? Uh, the adult would be Charles Hickson, 42. Yeah. He's the then... one getting more bait. And then Calvin Parker, who is 19. Okay, so Charles needed more bait for the kid. Yeah, yeah. I get it. The kid yeah. was sobering up. He's like, I don't know, mister. I should probably head home. So like, no, he... no, take this pill. You'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Here, just take a little bump of this. It's yeah. fine, dude. You don't get addicted after one. He turned, and in his peripherals, he sees like a blue light. <laughs> it's just Charles with his pants off. <laughs> <laughs> is this where like the overlay image takes over? His brain's protected himself. <laughs> This is Charles seeing the blue light. Oh, okay. And both men, they notice there's like a whizzing sound in the background. Some dude peeing. <laughs> this is all tracking. Yeah. Hickson would actually say in an interview after the events that a little buzzing sound, ning, 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 just like that. That's all. Wasn't any back blast or anything. Mm. They did say, I, I when I was reading this report, they were talking about when the- back blast, I can't. I got it. <laughs> And it made it... (laughs) You're fucking with a professional, guys. Oh, so he's been scripting for this. Okay. 
Okay. So before the backblast. <sighs> that's usually the end. <laughs> Well, no, it's just when the he brought out the, the extra equipment after that. <laughs> but they were talking about when they saw the blue light, how they thought it was the police because they weren't supposed to be in this area where they were. So they see the lights blast behind him, and they're like, oh, shit, the cops are here, so i got to get their pants on real quick. <laughs> and then here we are. Like any red-blooded American, he thought, fuck, it's the cops. Yeah, and Dick uh, immediately saw. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of them. Yeah. First thinking that he parked somewhere that he shouldn't have, or maybe that they were trespassing on this property. Mm-hmm. When Calvin looked to the commotion, he also noticed that the light and it was coming from a strange craft in the sky. Something neither of the men could even imagine seeing. The light grew so bright that it seemed to reverse the impending dawn. A steelish, 40-foot-wide football-shaped object just hovered in the sky over the river about 40 yards away. And this is where it kind of gets wonky because the football shaped ufo we've heard of those before they come around every once in a while there's like these certain shapes that you see there's the cigar shape the football shape there was one do you guys ever see the one where the guys are like riding a box in the uk around the 70s too there's this this picture of a guy an alien man flying around on a spaceship it's just a box with handlebars so around the same time period yeah (laughs) around the same time period you're getting a lot of different shapes in ufos well it's true the 1970s is kind of a hot spot for these stories and these things that are happening I don't know if that says anything about the time period or the way things are going, but it's true. Most of our, you know, fantastical encounters come from this time period. Mm-hmm. You know, it's odd you don't really hear about it as much anymore. I think maybe it's, you do. They just like everybody. There's these forums for it now, and like certain channels. I think maybe it gets funneled into that. I mean, and I, there is new content every day on like the YouTube woo woo channels well, and shit. Tom DeLong is giving you pictures. It's about once a week. Yeah. I mean, we we got yeah. pictures now from I the Air Force the, too. You know, the government's shit. addressing it more than it ever has. Well, they've been leaking stuff to release to the mm-hmm. like the CIA and and the FBI and all that. They release because Congress told them they had to release info uh, because they're not allowed to hold it. They've been holding information for years and pictures, so they've been letting it out to this guy, and he is giving it to the public. They are releasing it, like Congress said, but they're not directly sending it out. They're letting him do it so it only gets to certain people. And let's Are you be talking real. about Blink-182's Tom DeLonge? No. I'm t- no. They, no what's the, <laughs> He's what's, also involved in this, yeah, though. He's, yeah. uh, he's gotten involved in this. No, what's the... I can't remember the other guy's name, but there's some guy out there that, that's releasing talking, information. Not Bob Lazar, right? No, no, not Bob Lazar. They okay. wouldn't release anything. To no, him. I know what you're talking about, because with the big, the big release that <clears> just came out. Yeah, because all that stuff that happened during COVID, remember, like when COVID first hit, they tried to sneak that past you. Like, oh, so aliens. Like, oh, this <laughs> disease, right? <laughs> no, I, I, Tom DeLong is like part of that whole like group of people, though, that release all the stuff that are big into it. But they're, the government is releasing it right now, which is really odd. And they're kind of doing it under the radar, but Congress is making them do it. So we get a little bit more all the time. Everybody I talked to about this, especially back in the 70s, 80s, they're always like, oh, I saw something one time. I saw something one time. I've never seen shit, right? But if I did, because I because I do believe, I would definitely pull out a camera. Well, there have been times in our life, like you think about like the, the Phoenix Lights, where there's this, this whole event over top of the city, and it's on the broadcast news, and it's you can still find it on, on the on YouTube right now. And there's still no explanation. There's uh, there was another one I was looking at the Brownsville lights, where there's these the mountain range down in North Carolina, where every like once or once a week or so, it's on the the state website. There's these lights and orbs that come up over the mountain, and nobody can explain it. And the government's research it doesn't know what it is. My my favorite thing. I was just talking to one of my buddies about this recently. Even if they did release all the info, and they, were, they said, "Here's an actual alien. Look at him." People would care for three days. And well, they're like, does it do anything cool? Well, then when it fucks <laughs> Haley Bieber, everybody's back on board. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, does it do st- is it cool stuff? Does it dance? Can it does it a sing? kickflip, yeah. yeah. Like, no? Okay, we don't care. <laughs> so back to the two men standing in the river in Pascagoula. Sorry, County. we froze them. They're, they're bathed well, in blue light currently. Yeah, yeah. Bl- blue the... light, fireflies. 
shit's happening. They're not just having sex now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is blue. I mean, this is sex with blue lights. Well, because that's when it got really intimate for a minute yeah. there, and then it got weird. Because then the fog starts rolling in. The aliens came down and started watching. Like, man, he's like, don't don't stop for us. No, they were making a bet. He's definitely gonna fuck him. <laughs> Room for <laughs> no, one he's more. Not. Well, both men were completely dumbfounded, frozen in time. I thought you were going to say completely naked. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> both men were completely naked, frozen in the light like a deer in headlights. As they watched the object cover. And... <laughs> we're never going to get through this episode. <laughs> we need summer. <laughs> both men were completely dumbfounded, frozen in time as they watched this object just hover in place. From what looked like the bottom of the hovering object opened a hatch. And bar where three <laughs> beings exited and floated above the water, quickly making their way. Keep going. I'm just, just beings came out hovering. Yeah, they're so, going. Yeah. Quickly making their way to the two men. According to Hickson, Parker was hysterical, but he himself was trying to get away into the river. <laughs> the three. <laughs> I just like him, just leaves his buddy standing there with the aliens. They describe him as robots. Right? Yes, because yes. they're they're robots, but they're not making noises. So they look robotic. He doesn't really get into why, but that's ripped right from the interview he does with the police, which we'll get into in a okay. moment. But he says Parker was hysterical. I was trying to get away in the river. <laughs> the three entities hovered over the water with hoof-like nubs for legs, which extended to a body that had what looked like two long arms, and up to the shoulders, where there should be a neck, there was no neck, just a head. They looked like skinny, upright, sharp haze with wrinkled skin suits. So it definitely sounds like aliens in mech, like shitty biological mech suits. They know they have the technology to get here, but they're like, how do we look human? Exactly. They just put on these human skins that are all wrinkly, like, <laughs> like floating through the air with hooves. Yeah, like, I am Bob. <laughs> exactly. I am human. Please <laughs> hit it from the back. <laughs> I have 40 bucks on who comes first. <laughs> Could you point me to the nearest bus station? Hickson would recall that they were wide enough to be like football players, where the neck would be just extended ahead, a spike for a nose and a spike representing each ear, but no eyes, just a slit for a mouth. The creatures floated to the two men, extending their long, saggy, skinned arms out, taking their pincer-like hands, lobster-like claws, hamburger helper appendages, and grabbed the men. One held Hickson by his hands, and another picked up the fainted Parker like a rolled-up bag in one arm. Parker stated that when the weird skin claw grabbed at him, it felt like they injected us with something to calm us down. Quote, I was kind of numb and just went along with the program. <laughs> I just like how poorly these are, this idea of like someone drawing them. They look like the Tin Man in my head from... Uh... Wizard of Oz, okay, with that long nose and mm-hmm. like the like the terrible. Dra- I'm just picturing a really bad drawing, like a slit for a mouth and slit for eyes because yeah. they can't draw. And eyes. is I was gonna say, is it because he can't draw? Is yeah. this what they look like? He just they just made it up. It's like Gumby. Like, no, we weren't out there fucking. We saw aliens. It's, that's <laughs> what I'm taking from this. They got caught by a farmer and they made all this up. <laughs> the creatures grabbed the Mississippians. Like, how many of them did he punch? How many did he fight? None. I know. The, well, because he held his hand. It was it was intimate. He was like, you're going to be okay. And he held his hand. He goes, then I just felt calm. I felt safe but scared, like in a good way. <laughs> they floated them onto the craft, which is kind of a funny thought to me because it's like the one Hickson. He's hand in hand with this alien. And the other guy's being carried like a sack of potatoes. Right? Like Hickson. a rolled up carpet. It's just over the shoulder. <laughs> is Hickson the older one? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And the young one passed out. Yeah. Hickson would say, all of us moved like we were just floating through air. When I got in there, they had me. You know, they just kind of had me in there. 
and once in the ship, the men, paralyzed, only able to move their eyes, were escorted into what looked like an examination room. He would go on to say that there were no seats, no chain. They just moved me around. I couldn't resist them. Just floated. No sensation, no pain. They kept me in that position for a little while, and they would raise me back up. Huh. What? <laughs> I, just, I, I have no words. Go. Keep going. <laughs> when subdued, a floating eye just came like it was attached to a hose or a long string, and it's just floating around the room. He said the eye was large, mm. and it came and just examined him from head to toe, going up and down his body. They mm. claimed that there was no harm being done to them, just this floating eye. Hickson would compare it to an x-ray machine, but nothing like he's ever seen before. And from the other side of the room, where Calvin was, it was just a terror-stricken face watching the whole ordeal. I picture him as being the kind of guy just like light a cigarette in that room, too. It's like there's no 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 way to let the let the smoke out either because they're in space. So now now the spaceship's full full of Marlboro. Just keep going. I, I have nothing. <laughs> this is so insane. Hickson, who was a veteran of the Korean War, said it was one of the most nightmarish things he had ever seen. He was overwhelmed by the horror in Parker's face witnessing the examination. He would try to calm the kid by catching him with eye contact. Parker, on the other hand, recounts his body being stretched along an examination table. One moment he was in the same room as Hickson, the next he was in a different room, still on an examination table. But this time, instead of the robot creatures, there was a flying mechanism clicking all around his skull. That's that's worse. About the size of a wallet, or it's also, my source compares it to a deck of cards. Hmm. It was like it was taking pictures. And standing before him was a creature that looked feminine and much more humanoid, different from the other creatures that escorted them onto the ship itself. Did this one have saggy skin, too? He no, this, said, this one sounds kind of hot. Yeah, so I was just thinking. Yeah, this one's getting hot. He said he could see her hands, which seemed humanoid-like, and on the hands were fingers. Unlike the claw shapes that the other creatures had, she took these fingers and began to put them down his throat. Oh, oh. That, well, no, no. I thought he was going to say pants. I was <laughs> That's like, not what you want. <laughs> I thought he was going to say pants. Like, this sounds all right. It doesn't matter. She, she reaches for his dick through his throat. So it's okay. <laughs> he could just catch her eyes. Once she started putting her hand down his throat, he started to struggle. And then he suddenly heard a voice in his head say, You don't need to worry. No harm would happen to him. Then another floating eye examined Parker. I'm going to call bullshit one... on that voice because this thing has its hand inside my mouth right now. So it... And it has a southern accent? Yeah. <laughs> I don't trust you, southern southern alien. Not at all. It was just a go-to for some reason. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's not oh, okay. that's not canon. Okay. I thought I thought that was part of the story. He's like, and she accent. had a beautiful southern accent. She was from Missouri. You don't need to worry. No harm would happen to him. <laughs> uh, I hated that more. Is that better? No. That worse. <laughs> no, okay. Keep going, though. Okay, so this, this eye is examining him just like it was happening to his friend Hickson in the other room from head to toe. When what seemed like, well, really, they both don't know how long because there was jumps in time. And we'll see that kind of be a theme in these types of stories. Yeah, the time loss. Yeah, for sure. Uh, just they just know that one thing happens, another thing happens. Locations are changing, and time always, is passing. I go back and forth on that point because it comes up in a lot of abductions. But is that it's also an easy like yada yada way to not have to fill in what happened if if you're making up shit. It's like I don't know, and then all of a sudden I was back on the shore. Right. Well, how many times can you tell a story the same way? I mean, uh, if it happened to you, to as me, many times I'm, it takes, right? Well, that's the thing. So a lot of, a lot of story comes with feeling, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, and then a lot of people, you know, because I know what I saw. It makes sense because 
what we do know is that in the interview after this all happens, that the time was most likely around 30 minutes. Okay. From the time they got on there to off. Yes. Okay. So both men found themselves back on the shore of the Pascagoula River, similar or very close to the position where they were abducted, with no reflection of how they got there. One moment, three robot nutsacks were flying them <laughs> into a ship. The next, they're back. No ship, no robot nutsack. No robot nutsack. That's hard to say. Robot nutsacks. <laughs> no robot nutsacks. Come on. It's like you wrote them with X's. <laughs> No robot nut sacks, just oceans of southern what the fuck. So they're just back on the side of the river now. Yes. Yes. That's how it always works, right? Thinking about that when you were saying that, I thought, well, they have all this technology. Why wouldn't they erase their memory of it completely? And then I started thinking about how funny it would be because no one's ever going to believe it. Exactly. And if you're a hyper-intelligent species, you're aware of that because if, say, if you have the tech to be picking people up and disappearing them, then you can also be watching after so yeah. yeah, they see everybody get treated like crazy people. It doesn't matter. You could, show, like you said, you could show up with an alien. Nobody's gonna believe you. There's a story of Bill Murray doing that at a Wendy's. Walked up to somebody sitting there eating their food. He stuck his hand in their French fries and shoved it in his mouth and just chewed it and stared and said, "No one will ever believe you." And he just walked out. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's basically a cryptid at this point. Yeah, so a pre-ghost. But <laughs> but that is what made me think of that story. As you saying, it's back on shore. Like, yeah, no one will believe him. Well, just like you or I. Uh, both men are obviously shook by this event. They collect themselves the best they can, and they get back to Hickson's truck. You think they caught any fish? Well, I know they went to that spot because they weren't catching what they wanted. There was so probably amazing. not. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just a double tragedy. That sucks. They Got sit- some fingers down his throat, though. <laughs> not as hungry as he was. So it wasn't a complete <laughs> loss. <laughs> kind of tastes like a hot dog. <laughs> some hot chick just had a finger in his throat. It could be worse. So <laughs> my Friday night. So while in Hickson's truck by the shore of the Pascula River, they sat there dumbfounded, and they decided nobody would believe this. Yeah, that's fair. They would be the laughing stock of Jackson County. They both started taking poles of whiskey. Mm-hmm. They couldn't believe what happened to them. They then decided that, well, well, I guess the right thing to do is to tell somebody. Well, after a couple shots of whiskey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brought him back around. And I like how they had whiskey there. I'm just going to say, when he went back to get more bait, all of a sudden that was a <laughs> bottle of fucking whiskey. Just tying that together for you. It is. It is... Noted over and over again that they weren't drinking all day. Uh, just that, until then. And then uh, Parker himself, the younger of the two, I mean, he's not even old enough to drink for one. But oh, so, yeah. he, he says himself that's not something he likes to do anyway. Wait, he, wasn't the legal drinking age lower back in the day? Wasn't it like 18? So this is 73. This You're right. So after some discussion, they decided to call the Kessler Air Force Base in Biloxi. I did like that reaction. They're like, let's. we have to tell somebody, let's call the fucking Air Force. <laughs> so they call the Air Force, and the Air Force is like, nah. Like, <laughs> we don't deal with this. Like, <laughs> call somebody else. Yeah, no, we're, we're the Air Force. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, they, they called the Air Force, a sergeant who answered the phone told Hickson over the phone that the Air Force no longer conducts investigations into UFOs and alien abductions, and they should probably just call the local police. Way better, yeah, because the local police will know more. And I like to think, 1973, so this isn't cell phone, there's no internet, so they had to go find the number for the Air Force base before they just <laughs> called 911. How long did that take? Two you drunk know guys. they didn't have it. No, you know so, they yeah. didn't have Somewhere it. They, they drunkenly got to a phone booth. Called 411? Yeah. Wasn't it was? yeah oh, the, the operator, yeah. I guess. Operator, give me the Air Force. I've been abducted by an alien. Give me the Air Force. And they were like, yes, sir. And he's like, call somebody else. Connecting. <laughs> so after they call the local police and they tell their story, and after the laughter ended, the local police decided to hear them out, escorting the two to the police station. Within just a few hours before 
they were losing their minds inside of a what seems to be a UFO. Mm-hmm. Now they're in front of police telling the story. At the station, authorities saw that both men had puncture wounds on their arms and claimed to be abducted by aliens. There, the officers thought that they were probably drunk or lying. Although it was true they had been drinking, both men passed a sobriety test on the spot. And this no, is on record. So you could stand on one foot. So yeah. Aliens are real. The local police kept... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you so you're not that one. drunk. They're, yeah, exactly. Well, look at this. Look at this. It is Missis- it's Mississippi, too. Yeah. Well, he said, Cut your nose, sober. Yep. <laughs> 1973. He's standing on a slight yeah. incline and not falling down. Sober. He could drive. Sarge, he knows the alphabet. He's obviously sober. <laughs> <laughs> the local police kept trying to catch the men on a lie. Uh, they even separated the two, heard the stories independently. Both, still the men, stuck to their stories. Sheriff Captain Glenn Ryder had this bright idea to put the men in a room alone to see what they would say. <laughs> In the room, he they started kissing. <laughs> I would not put those two in a room alone. You better keep those lights out, boys. <laughs> I don't think they got to finish, so I would be careful. There could be another Sharpay suited alien around here. <laughs> <laughs> Something's going to make this happen. In the room, he placed a tape recorder underneath the table, unbeknownst to Charles and Calvin. Many investigations get outright confessions from this t- same situation. And I've seen that, yeah. yeah. It happens over and over again. Just know, everybody listening to this podcast right now, if you're at a police station talking about anything that may have happened to you, it is being recorded. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they're leaving you alone, so you'll talk. Yeah, it's all intentional. I have here a transcript from that time that they were alone. It's easily found on the internet, and it surfaced around 2020. Okay, so almost... Was that 30 years, 40 years, 50 years later? 50 Mm -hmm. years later, yeah. 47. Starting with Parker, I got to get home and get to bed or get some nerve pills or see the doctor or something. I can't stand it. I'm about to go half crazy. Hickson, I'll tell you, when we're through, I'll get you something to settle you down so you can get some damn sleep. Uh Parker, I can't sleep yet like it is. I'm just damn near crazy. Well, Calvin, when they brought you out, when they brought me out of that thing, damn it, I'd like to never in hell got you straightened out. What? <laughs> That's what it says. Those weren't even sentences. It's Mississippi, man. Yeah. Well, Calvin, well, Calvin, when you, they brought you out, when they brought me out of that thing, damn it, I'd like to never in hell got you straightened out. That's, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a quote. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. They've been, well, they were drunk, had just been abducted, had... We're looking for quaaludes, apparently, is what it sounds like. I'm, I'm trying not to victim blame here. <laughs> <laughs> Still not sure there's a victim. The only victim is I didn't get to finish. Parker replied, my damn arms, my arms. I remember they just froze up and I couldn't move, just like I stepped on a damn rattlesnake. All right. They didn't do me that way. What? I passed out. I expect I never passed out in my whole life. I've never seen nothing like that before in my life. You can't make people believe I don't want to keep sitting here. I want to see a doctor. They better wake up and start believing. They better start believing. You see how that damn door came right up? I don't know how it opened, son. I don't know. It just laid up. And just like that, those sons of bitches, they just, they just like came out. I know. You can't believe it. You can't make people believe it. Well, it sounds like something's going on here because they're not talking about getting away with anything. It's the weirdest thing. They saw something. Know. You can imagine them all worked up, too. 
Because well, he's huffing and puffing here. Well, he just went into like this dramatic monologue there in a southern accent. I'm not even sure what he said. No, that's okay. I got, I got caught up in the in the acting there. So, <laughs> see, did you feel something? I though? did. I didn't. That's feel all it. that mattered. I felt like, like man, he's doing a good job. That's what. I, that's what I felt. <laughs> as long as you feel it, then that's <laughs> acting. That's art. Well, point is made, and it goes on. You guys can look up yourself that uh, when these two were by themselves, unbeknownst. That they're they are being recorded. Yeah, it sounds like they're being truthful. It is it, it's it's pretty damn telling. I'm not gonna lie. I've listened to it myself. Um, I don't know if they had that uh, that wherewithal to I, assume that the recording. And the, I mean, this is just a few hours after no, it all I, happened. I agree with you because the way they were talking, they sounded honest. They were scared shitless because I listened to it too, and they 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 were afraid of something. We don't. That's the problem with a lot of these stories, though. It's something happened to these guys, and they're not actors. They're just a couple of guys from Mississippi. Especially if they're not drunk or on anything. Not drunk I mean, enough in Mississippi yeah, at the I mean, time. You know? Yeah, just... I'll finish the transcript with Hickson. I know that, son. When I get to the house, I'm going to get me another drink. Make me sleep. Look what we sitting around for. I got to tell Blanche what we waiting for. <laughs> of course, his wife's name's Blanche. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure is. <laughs> Instead of collaborating on their stories and what they should say next, they are basically consoling each other after a traumatic experience. This taped interview attributed to the men's credibility. And finally, Hickson was polygraphed. The test suggested that their accounts were truthful according to all their reports. Hmm. As soon as the next day, the media sunk its teeth into the story. Like like all these stories, right? Yeah. This It went global real quick. And they don't know how. Wherever the two went, they were subject to attention and wanted for interviews. That's Pass- the thing. Who leaked the info? It had to come from the cops, right? It had to have. Because somebody wanted... Because you think that's just, they're just people doing jobs, too. So somebody gets... Here's this crazy story. He goes to the bar, and then they start talking about it, and here we are. I yeah, mean, it had to be either somebody at the bar that heard him talking, or... Because it wasn't these guys. They were right. still so freaked out about it. They didn't want everybody to think they're fucking crazy. Because then they tell... They asked them not to tell anybody. Could be yes. They, could be the cops could be the air force yeah because they they did they distinctly asked the cops not to tell anybody about this they didn't want to be crazy they didn't want everybody to think they were crazy and when confronted about this because i believe it's parker or hickson or both they did ask the sergeant Mm -hmm. you know what happened and the sergeant just replied these things get out you can't keep them in (laughs) so it was him all right we found the leak yeah it was the police for sure pasagula was now flooded with thousands and thousands of yippies and yahoos you know how it goes Mm -hmm. everybody wants to see an alien and that's according to the washington post all those yankees came down right tourists now worldwide news bringing out the skeptics we got our man philip class he's back there he is finally (laughs) finally back to our main character yeah (laughs) back to the villain in all these stories he very much is. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait. You think Class doesn't believe in this? You think he's going to disprove these guys? I want an action figure. <laughs> it's just going to be a small, portly man with a briefcase. Well, if you remember from our first, very first Hatch and Bar, the Bell Johnson incident, this was the man who suggested that, okay, little men with hammers have caused damage all over Officer Bell Johnson's car. Would also make his two cents about this situation. He found discrepancies within the organization who conducted the polygraph for Charles Charles Hickson, mm. saying that the polygrapher was inexperienced, and if Hickson was telling the truth, he would undergo another one with an unbiased polygrapher. And did he? I think throughout the years he did, but in the moment, they pretty much stood by the initial polygraph. Well, and this is just class being what it is, too. He shows up and says, like, whatever you had isn't good enough. You took a yeah. polygraph, but not one with my guy. Class's job is to be the naysayer. And we it, need that guy. We do need the guy trying to prove, disprove it, but you can't come in that no matter what happens, it is false, even if you can't disprove it. Because that's where we get tiny guys with tiny hammers. 
I guess it's not any crazier than aliens, but it's just as dumb. I like how angry he comes and how aggressive. He's pissed, dude. Every time. He's like, Whatever you saw, it wasn't fucking yeah. this. He was just out there just telling everybody, I don't care. You can't believe it's not real. Class and other skeptics also believe that Charles witnessed a vision during a sleep paralysis and hallucinated the whole thing. With Calvin just being maybe impressionable and younger. <laughs> so he's just standing next to him on the river while he's having a sleep paralysis yeah, just, nightmare standing he, there? He's just passed out and the guy, he's like, oh yeah, I saw that too. Like, <laughs> This no. is the leg that they try to stand on. That's saying, funny. I mean, because I mean, it, it does happen when one person like has some kind of delusion. Sure. That if there's somebody with them, they will have that delusion as well. Sure. And they'll stick by it like it's truth. That has happened. And so, you know, that's that's pretty much one of the legs that skeptics stand on disproving but the story. They're saying that he took a nap next to a river and got sleep paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so was uh, was Charles sleeping? No, we were talking. Then he just had this hallucination. He has narcolepsy. Just sleep paralysis instantly while he's awake fishing. He's fishing. Fishing pole in his fucking hand. Bottle of whiskey. Dick in his other hand. And they also, they, they lean on the drinking a lot, too. Which, of course. But we do have, it's in the report, that they both passed sobriety tests. So. Did you say Heinrich was there? Yes. So two other players who have investigated the story was Dr. Heinick, the famous ufologist from the Project Blue Book. We any of these stories that range between the fifties to the to the through the seventies, you're going to see Dr. Heinick. So he at this point, Heinick, Heinick already has the bet sphere, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's already buried in, buried in his basement of Florida. Okay. He's here collecting something else. Yeah. <laughs> So Project Blue Book is that famous project where they had to, it was specifically dealt with the Air Force, mm -hmm. okay, where they went to all these UFO claims and they were trying to find some truth. We actually met him, like Brian just said, with the incident with the Betts family just earlier a few episodes ago. And also with Dr. Heineck, you get Dr. Harder, who mm -hmm. was also introduced in that episode. He was on the same panel that investigated the Betts' mysterious ball. This time, they publicly admit to some validity to the two men's story. Interesting. Mm, so this one, yeah, this one they support. Well, I think they just hate class too. So anytime he says something, they go the other way. That'd be hilarious. I feel like he's just a smarmy little guy. So Heineck himself, in an interview, will say, "As far as I'm concerned, these men had a very real, terrifying experience. Mm -hmm. I do not think the men were perpetrating a hoax." Harder himself quoted to say, "It certainly was an authentic report, and they were telling the truth. There's no doubt whatsoever about that." And then you have class. Here he comes. Here he is. Man. <laughs> Here he is. He's like, all that makes sense, but no. Yeah, you have too much fun. Where's everybody having fun? He pretty much just calls bullshit. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He doesn't really need to say anything. He just, just says you guys are liars. It's like, nah, it's not true. It's not real. He's just such a dick. I didn't see it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about class is he gets so mad how into the stories that these quote-unquote professionals get and how they give them credibility. Which, in his defense, I agree with that because a lot of these guys that are backing it up, they're getting caught up on, like, like uh, Harder and Heineck were just saying that these guys obviously experienced them. They're going off of feelings, not evidence. They're saying these guys are telling the truth because it sounds like the guys are, but there's no hard evidence to back it up, and Class is just like, fuck you. Well, wrong. that's what that's what Class yeah, says. Like, Show me a fucking alien. You can read Class's writings, and they're very much like... Talking to, like he's talking to a stupid person. That's because he doesn't even argue back. He doesn't throw any facts. He just says no, or then tiny people with hammers. Fucking guy. Ooh, he's great. Yeah, I, I, I do like. Him. I like every time he comes into one of our stories. I like it because he doesn't even bother refuting it. He's no. just like, that's dumb. No. He's like, you're all wrong. Aliens aren't real. <laughs> They're not real. It's his thing. So the two men 
Calvin and Charles, they'll have two very different responses to the aftermath, which will come. Do you think class is an alien? <laughs> is he part of the cover-up? Oh! I think I just fucking got it. He just blew my mind. I just got it. Because he shows up all the time. Like, no, it's not real. Why? It's just not real. Hmm. That would be hilarious. At the end, he takes his mask off. He's yeah. an alien. <laughs> He's actually one of these saggy well, skin he ta- guys. He takes his shoes off. You can see his hooves. Yeah. That's how you know. <laughs> his skin like, is saggy. His little crab hands have been under... God, that, that's such a good thought. Right? That's the reason he always wears mitts. The fucker just comes out of nowhere and just yells at people. The two men had very two different responses to the aftermath. Charles, who thought that there was some greater purpose, would conduct interviews, go on Johnny Carson Live, and eventually write a book about the account. He went on Johnny Carson over this? Good for him. Good for him, man. Do you get, you know? That was like the one time period where you could be a a minor celebrity after getting abducted. Getting on Carson, you're a minor celebrity, period. In January of 1974, a lot of this stuff is kind of like catching up with him. It's been a few months of these interviews and things. He decides to take a little trip just on a friend's property, maybe, you know, do some hunting and to get away from everything. And during this hunt, he started to get this odd feeling again. He started to feel a weird sensation. (laughs) And so... (laughs) And I'll be damned, there it is again. The same football-shaped flying saucer will come right at him. There it is again, another strong, strapping 19-year-old boy working out in the field. I was going to ask if he was alone. Exactly, he keeps getting this fucking feeling. While in front of this strange ship, he hears a voice that tells him, we mean you no harm. You have endured, and you have been chosen. In February of 74, now over a year later, he gets another contact from maybe aliens. You must tell the world we mean no harm. See, and that right there is where we've hit typical bullshit with these aliens. Now he's a child of light. (laughs) Your world needs needs help. You're not prepared. And so they were like, the aliens were like, all right, we're going to send our, take our greatest tech and our greatest heroes, and we're going to go all the way to buttfuck Mississippi, and we're going to give this man the message to save the world. This is the guy, and we're going to tell him, well, tell everybody that you need help. With what? Yeah, exactly. People, the, We're going to choose the guy, the least reputable man in America. Sir, why do you keep telling me this? You should tell someone else. <laughs> tell Philip Class. He go, needs yeah. to know. <laughs> go, go to the president. Like you have all this technology, what do you need me? I'm you just s- you I'm... keep finding me in fields or by a river. Who the fuck am I telling? <laughs> I'm just a man yeah, who you... likes other young men. <laughs> I just try to get my dick mildly wet. <laughs> I do also like this idea of them abducting Philip Class. <laughs> He's just like it's on strings. I don't believe. No. Yeah, like, no, they, well, well played, harder. No, that's when that's when they abduct him and bring him up there, and he was like, "My ship's better than this. This is not even real. <laughs> None of you guys are real." And he, then he does studies on them. And he takes them back. They drop him off. <laughs> he flips the script. <laughs> Stupid. It's like when you go to. It's like that. Uh, the whole story of a, when a murderer picks up a hitchhiker who's also a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate standoff. Yeah. Finally, in May of 1974, the whole Hickson family is in a trip. They're on a trip. They're, there's about eight of them, and they're in a car. Okay, eight there's people th- in a car. Yeah, it was and, the 70s. And they're Cars traveling. Were bigger. There's they, no no seat belts. They're just laying across <laughs> each other. In that, there's they're in that back where it's the probably window. a station wagon. Yeah, that's probably what it is. When suddenly, from the distance, here Phil, comes Philip Class. <laughs> from the distance, here comes this fucking football. He gets that feeling. It's it's. <laughs> He just sees a truck stop in the distance, starts getting that feeling again. 
there's a bathhouse around the corner. Start getting that feeling. Sees a young man fishing <laughs> on the banks. He's like, oh yeah. A couple guys doing pull up at the beach. You're getting that feeling, man. <laughs> Aliens are coming. <laughs> <laughs> About to black out and lose some time again. A huge blue light visits them again. This time, Charlie isn't alone. Like I said, the whole family's there, and they are freaking out. Charlie's not. Yeah, he's like, God damn it. I tried to tell him no one will listen. I just like the picture of them all freaking He's like, again? Again? I keep telling them, I don't know anybody. Hey, Charlie, we told you to spread the message. You didn't tell anybody. I don't know who to tell. So after freaking out the whole family, he hears that voice in his head and says, oh, this is probably a bad time. (laughs) (laughs) No, he didn't. I just like how he, at this point, he's been visited by aliens so many times that he's just annoyed by it. So the aliens hit him with the you up text? Is basically, (laughs) tried to booty call him, but he's with his wife. He said, not right now. And they were like, oh, okay, we'll come back. And then they turn turn away. You should turn your notifications off from coming to your screen. So this time, this was the last time Charlie will be contacted, as far as we know. He would later die in 2011. Oh, they never came back. Well, they got irritated. How many times could one person turn you down before you're like, you well, know Well, they what? were busy and he had a headache. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he had a big weekend and a big dinner. They're like screening his, their calls at this point. <laughs> like, They're trying to show He's like, not right now. I'm doing things. I don't have time for alien stuff. <laughs> Pick her or me. He would spend his life spreading this message, saying that something's going to happen. Aliens exist, and they aren't the bad guys. Oh, so that's why they quit coming. He started actually spreading the message, so (laughs) that's good. Now, if we turn the page and look at the younger Calvin and what he did, he did more of a disappearing act. The night after the event, he was freaked out by possibly contracting a disease or bacteria and spreading it. He's worried about that (laughs) disease from the aliens? All right. So he decided that a bleach bath was the best thing to do. And after about three weeks later, he was hospitalized for panic attacks. He would quit his job at that shipyard, still marry the girl he wanted to marry, but move out of town. He tried to run from the media, but the publicity followed. He would state that when he would move around, find new jobs, someone always recognized him. Eventually, we would know later that Calvin did have a very real experience, more than just passing out. So in the initial interview, different from what I told you guys, I tried to spread out that scene, the alien scene. Yeah. It was very short-lived, and that was all through Charles's perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, Calvin, he kind of stuck to the story that he passed out through the whole thing. You remember how the aliens were carrying him up? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, passed out. Well, Charles said that, yeah, he just passed out. Later, he'll recount, and this is the first time he'll come out of the quiet, come out of the shadows, and publish his own book in 2018, talking about the female humanoid-like alien that talked to him, and he says it's all real. He says he was just scared. I mean, naturally. it's. I like how he disappeared. Was, and, then, yeah. and the alien just couldn't find him anymore. <laughs> like, well, we only know this one area. <laughs> maybe they didn't want to talk to him anymore. It was yeah. just about the other guy. He was just there with Charles. Well, they didn't do the studies on him. They they molested that boy. Yeah. They're sticking his finger. Well, he had the scared face. Yeah. Like things are bad on him. But <laughs> the, so there's two very different approaches to an abduction here, and that was kind of what's interesting. Which makes which one's more believable? The guy that runs from it or the guy that runs into it? And they because they his story he gets contacted over and over again, Charles. And then one time, even with his family, they try to page him. But like the other guy, he doesn't want to talk about it at all forever. So it's like, which one's believable? Or so get they're both believable in one way because they're both very human reactions. I do find it very weird that they kept coming back to him. That's weird to me. (laughs) Well, once he started spreading the message, it's that last one where they're like, "Sorry, you look a little busy. We'll come back." (laughs) 
this must be a bad time. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. That's the one that I don't like because why would... See, I don't like the one where they give you the message to save the world. Because that one comes up a lot. And that also, I think, comes up a lot with people with like epilepsy and shit. So I don't know I mean, where that fits on the spectrum. Like you got to tell everybody that you're not ready. Ready for what? Why are you being so vague? Yeah, dude. I was I'm ready to... need some more info. I was ready to fish. And yeah. you ruined that. Like, like I'm just a dude. <laughs> I don't like, even fish anymore. Like, do I? could I believe the first one happened? Yeah. Do I believe they came back three more times? Man, well, the one it. with the family, because now you have multiple witness corroborating. Or is it just the cops pulling him over and he was drunk again? I don't know. So it's easy to get the full story. This is one of the most documented UFO abduction cases out there, especially in the United States. Uh, like we said before, in the 70s, there were multiple interviews. And, I mean, to be honest with you, you can get a firsthand account from both men. Charles Hickson wrote UFO Contact at Pasigula in 1983. Mm-hmm. And Calvin Parker wrote Pasigula, The Closest Encounter, My Story, in 2018. For some, it may be hard to believe that these events took place, but Charlie and Calvin weren't the only two who witnessed what happened that night. One, Maria Blair, who happened to be on the other side of the Pascagoula River on October 11th, 1973 that night, said that she saw something. She was with her husband, and they she saw a UFO over the river. No, she, did and, she see these two guys there, yeah, too? she saw two guys fucking on the other side of the yeah. river. So she saw... <laughs> And now, yeah, the, yes, they were translucent and glowing in the night. There was blue flashing. I bet she saw was. a UFO over the river. She said it bothered her for 45 years. Her husband didn't want to get involved and made her stay quiet. Wow. She said it's very true. It's very true. Every time she wanted to talk about it, he would shut me up. She even saw the men fall from the sky. She said she wanted to tell the truth. And every time it came out that they were liars, she would just... It would just wouldn't set right with her because she knew that it happened. Calvin Parker and Maria Blair, they would meet each other at this site where it all happened on the Pascagoula River, which is now a historical site for one of the most documented alien abduction cases in our country. Wow. Well, because when I first started reading this, I was thinking how kind of cliche this abduction sounded. Because it is. Because a lot of the ones that we know now are based on this one. And I didn't know that because you get a lot of this information from what you expect in an alien abduction from what happens to these guys right here. And... What got me was how the terrible description of them. Yeah. They they look like a child drew them. That's what it sounds like. Like straight face. Uh, Does that make eyes. it believable like, or unbelievable? Unbelievable. Yeah. They did say that those creatures were kind of robotic and they are really ridiculous seeing. If you look at them, they look like they really they, look like nutsack robots. They're trying to put. It's yeah. again. It's that putting words to something that you don't have words for. You know. So they're trying yeah. to describe something they've never seen before and they can't comprehend. So he said it looked like a robot. Could have been a mech suit. You know, with a little nutsack on top of it. I don't know. And as far as the witnesses go, Maria, she wouldn't be the only one. There's about four or five. They all come from that same night. That's kind of interesting. And I that isn't. I didn't see that, so that's interesting. Uh, they come up. But the, the thing is, you know, this is national news. This mm-hmm. one kind of gets me a little bit, and so, I want to be a believer. Oh, yeah. look, the hype train came back around. There's a new book in 2018. Look at all these no, accounts I'll... that just came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I can agree with that. What always gets me about aliens and people's descriptions of them is they're always humanoid, always, mm-hmm. without fail. And that's, I'm waiting for someone to come out and say, like, oh, these things, are de-, you know, and they had long necks, and, you know, they had the, one the, single arm, or you know what I mean? Like, the only time I've ever seen it be different is when, because anytime there's an abduction, they're always humanoid, it seems like. And mm-hmm. that might be, like we talked about, we laughed, joked about it earlier, about the, them trying to look like something that won't frighten us. But the ones where you get altering descriptions is when it's not, they're not doing things with humans, when humans stumble onto them doing something, like them in the woods, 
or them doing something like stumbling on a spaceship and then then you see different shaped objects outside of it moving around and so that's where it gets kind of interesting yeah. to me because what are they like in their natural form because if it's if it's like a it looks like a saggy nutsack meat bag robot it's probably not the real body so it's like you said that's their poor approximation but also if they're an advanced civilization they know what fucking humans look like right right so why are you making you, this so weird sharp hay thing that's what i'm saying you you have the technology to probably bend space and get here but you don't have the and technology talk to in my even br- yeah kind of look like us you could talk inside my brain but then you put your hand inside my mouth yeah so what are we doing here and, and that's that's what i'm waiting for is like someone to say you know what had eight legs, had nine legs, had this, you know, didn't have a mouth. Like, you know, like these weird things. There is things. also this other idea where it's tethered to our perception of things, too. So it's like, it, you know, they, they're they not necessarily how we perceive them either, but it's just kind of how our brain forces it into it. Because that kind of goes more into them being interdimensional rather than extraterrestrial. Yeah. So it's like the idea that they're coming in or coming in from across. That's also how you get these weird things where they're flash. You'll see a spaceship, but then it's gone instantly. Like it just disappeared. Like so they can enter the fourth dimension. Yeah, they're coming like in that. and out of a different dimension. So And there's always the thought that maybe it's just us from the future, right? Yeah, we're just saggy nutsack Sharpays in the future. How long? <laughs> we I, did it, boys. We're just finally, my dick is my whole body. I mean, okay. you got to think about it this way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're in the future now. <laughs> how long? Because that was always the thought process on like the big-headed aliens, right? Like, mm-hmm. our, like how long? before we don't need muscles anymore. Exactly. Especially, like, they talk about the mouths being smaller and all the other senses because they're talking almost directly into your brain, usually, when yeah. these people are communicating with them. But I wonder sometimes if that's too, like, when I look at my dog, I think he's saying things, but he could be saying something else, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, I think he wants to go outside. He's like, nah, dude, just scratch my ass. Yeah, you know? maybe. I um, I, I heard this from a much better podcast, and I, I, it really opened my perspective on this because these stories, they... I mean, you guys are here too. You're listening to this for a reason. I used to, I used to read these in the Acquire magazine when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. They're interesting as all get out, and they're human experiences, so that's why we're here. Mm-hmm. But this this podcaster, I don't know who it is, and forgive me, it might be a podcaster everybody's listened to before. He described it as, imagine, like, why here? Why this person in BFE? Mm-hmm. Is it some teenage alien or alien like group of friends riding around in their in their car and they had to stop here for a pit stop or maybe they're sightseeing <laughs> on Earth? They just why, why? snatch these two naked What's guys the from the point? side of the river. <laughs> Do you mean why Earth or why this river? Why this why guy? Earth? Why this? Country bumpkin motherfucker in Pascagoula. And you're saying maybe river. it's maybe it's like the juveniles of that species or whatever. Yeah, they're well, just okay. like traveling Europe. If they're you going... are going to experiment and grab somebody, you don't want to do it in the middle of a city. So why not in the middle of nowhere? Why Earth? I don't think life is that common. Um, it's and, a special set of circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and, I like that answer. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's common, and I don't think that everything will have the same biometric makeup, meaning that we survive on oxygen and mm-hmm. water. They may not. So, because of where they're from, yeah. Right. So they, the most common thought that I have for why an alien would come here and want something would be water. Because water is everywhere, but it's usually frozen, right? We have liquid water, and they may need it. So that would be a mm-hmm. reason for them to come do that. But, eh, yeah, they didn't take anything. They, didn't they take usually anything, don't yeah. take anything. But maybe they're just studying us because we are a different life form. And maybe because it's that's a, just a thing of intelligence too. Because we're the same way. Like, what are we doing? Why are we? Why do we give a shit what an octopus is thinking? But we're spending millions of dollars a year trying to figure out it. You know, it's the same way that it's just anytime you're a, you feel like you're above or superior to something, you want to understand and kind of get to that level where. Because I don't even know if they would depend on if they view us as equals or are we just a are we just the dolphin? You know, are we? It's real smart for a mammal, right? They probably look at us as underneath them. They're like, yeah, they're smart. They're figuring it out. Like seeing but, a monkey use a stick as a tool, it's impressive, but it's still a monkey with a stick, right? You and know? we're that monkey with yeah. a stick. 
My favorite part about you fuckers is as soon as I get rational, you guys start defending and playing devil's fucking advocate. Like, every <laughs> fucking time. Every fucking time. As yeah. soon as I'm like, oh, this is, this is crazy. This couldn't happen. You're like, well, hold on. Earth is a place that you should want to go to. Yeah, absolutely. Water and shit. I mean, think about it this way. If we could travel the cosmos and you came across a, a planet that had any kind of life form, the first thing humans would do is go down and investigate. And, and put one in a on. cage. Oh, absolutely. We would absolutely start by putting one in a cage and poking it. Or just the, taking DNA from it. So it's the same thing we would do, they're doing to us, which is why that the theory of it being a different version of something like us kind of holds a little weight for me, because they at the, if the activities are real, say if you take these encounters at face value, it's a lot like what we would do. Because it's like, it's marking and tagging things and putting them back out there. And, you know, or put them in a zoo. But yeah. Well, some people don't come back, so. Yeah. You take, the, take their DNA breed it and there is a lot it. of weird sex stuff that happens in a lot of these that we'll get into where it's like a lot we're, of people we're being, definitely doing a sex episode. yeah people being milked by these things in weird well, ways also them just sticking his, their fingers down their throat that's yeah, something that's, that's pretty weird. ironic isn't that's it? weird yeah it's weird so what do you think happened shane so this is where i'm getting to and we're kind of all kind of putting this collective thought together what i can say about this one i'm not going to cop out and say this happened this is a real thing that happened to real people because it is true that did happen yeah what i am going to say is I believed this one. This okay. one, and the, again, the initial story, for some reason, this one caught my attention. And I it's I don't think it's any different than most of the abduction stories we do cover or read, but this one got my attention. That's all I really can say. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, my first initial reaction when you were saying this, and I said I would save it, the fact that, what was the kid's name? Calvin passed out. was passed out the whole time. He woke up. and was like, oh, I saw this crazy stuff. And Charles was like, oh, yeah, I saw it too. All right? What if he did just drug him, right? And now that that would, he's got someone reaching inside his mouth and shit. All this weird stuff's happening to him, and he's putting words to it. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, that could be it. Because that was my thought, too, is I was thinking, like, this could be an overlay on something that actually happened to him that he's kind of repressed or not quite remembering correctly. So I drank a drink one time at a bar, and I think uh, somebody put the wrong thing in there. Uh, I think they tried to roofie somebody else and got me. Oh. I had a single drink. I stopped to have a drink, went home. And I was like blacking out, mm-hmm. and that's not common. And I missed huge parts of the night just being here. So if someone, if he did do something to him, you said you get any messages or anything? No, there? right. <laughs> but if he did do something to him, he might have woke, had that feeling of someone's fingers in his throat, and which would and, give him motive to have further encounters later to so, cover it up, Charles. So at this point now, if he's saying that this happened. And now the kid was passed out. He doesn't remember it. Now the kid starts remembering. He's like, oh, yeah, well, they came back to me again. He's like, oh, well, well, they're not going to come back anymore because i got kids now. So, Yeah, but that was my first initial reaction, mm-hmm. reaction. But the more you've talked about it, the more I think that, you know, it sounds more real. Calvin Parker, I know you're alive, and maybe you Google Spotify or you search Spotify <laughs> for sorry, a podcast Calvin. that's covering your, that what happened to you. Just know that we did buy your book. Okay, so don't come for us. <laughs> but if you did get touched by Charles, I'm very sorry. I'm, yeah, because I'm hoping that's not what happened. Because honestly, having listening to them in the interrogation room convinced me. Because yeah. whatever happened to these men, they think it happened, and that's I, it's again where that situation where I'm I'm going to take these guys at their word because that that they were really fucking scared. The the room and the polygraph is what moved me towards maybe this really did happen. Yeah. And the way um, they they really were pissed when this came out, like these guys weren't chasing, even though he went into it. After it came out, it, but at that point, the, the cat's already out of the bag. The I mean, one kid tried to run from it, and it didn't help. He ended up taking, because you have to, they're going to chase him down anyway. If my first thought did happen, and something did happen to this kid from Charles, I wouldn't want that out either. No, but, and then you don't wait 30 years and then start saying it was aliens again, too. Yeah. So it's like, if it, yeah. if things are starting to surface, you feel like it would have started to surface in some way other than, now it's aliens with blue hands putting their fingers in my mouth. So, Brian, 
I think it this is this one's got some credibility. Despite the fact that I feel like we've done ones with better evidence. Yeah. But this one, like their story, it just comes across as very true. We've done ones done ones with better evidence, but this story's better. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. And also, dude, I I just hope they got to finish after, you know, because I feel bad for these guys. Yeah. <laughs> the cops showed up, the blue lights, they had to run. If you want to support us, rate us and review us on Spotify or iTunes, five stars. It just helps other people get get you know get to know us, and we actually really really like doing this. So don't be surprised if you message us on Instagram or Messenger or even email us at hatchinbar.gmail.com. We'll probably we'll probably talk back. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and we're very open to that. So if you have a suggestion for us, we check every day. We just came off our first listener-suggested episode, and we have another one coming very soon. Other than that, guys. Yeah, well, Summer, hopefully we get you back here soon. Get you off that go, Chinese go, balloon. Go for the gold, but right. you know, hopefully they find her eventually. I think she's in the room right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel her. <laughs> That's your hatch and bar.